Hello, I'm Jody, and I'm a mama on a mission to encourage parents to take their power back. I know from personal experience how your gut is leading you in one direction, while the world is telling you that you are going the wrong way. You are convinced that you are the crazy one for believing hope is alive and healing is possible. You are manipulated to believe that you are not capable or smart enough to make life-altering decisions for your baby. I've stood in those doctor's offices. I've even been kicked out of plenty of them. Welcome, friends, to a space where you are allowed to ask questions and you are allowed to step into your power as the mama bear that has always been within you. You are not the crazy one. Welcome, everyone, back to the Freedom Cast. You have uh, Jody and A.A. Ron today. Hello. Uh, this is a topic, actually, Aaron really wanted to talk about today. Yeah. So here we are. Um, those of you guys that do follow me over on social media at the Warrior Center um, or Facebook, too, Jody Meschuk, um, or the free the free Warrior app that every everyone should download if you go to thewarriorcenter.com. Um, completely uncensored space that I really am excited about that I can just post whatever I want <laughs> and not have to edit it or worry about like changing the word vaccine with a, with a creative spelling and, oh, you know, all okay. of that stuff. So anyways, um, one thing that I posted uh, today actually was about progressive Christianity. And this is something um, Aaron is very, very passionate about, for sure. I mean, I am too, but I'm just saying, you're very passionate about well, this. Well, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, you're you, seeing a lot of what's going on. When you, Well, yes. It, if you think about progressive Christianity, just remember, progressivism actually originated historically in the 19, early 1900s. Uh, give us a history lesson, oh, Aaron. History. This is awesome. Okay. I think we need to understand, though... We do have to actually understand where a lot of these things root out from because it gives you perspective. Right. Same thing with the vaccine industry. Whenever I talk about that and how it all started back in the 1930s with the DTP vaccine and then no liability for vaccine manufacturers starting in 1986. And now look at at what happened. So anyways, give us some history. So if you think about progressivism, it's a belief in progress. I always tell you, you know, ism is the belief in. Mm-hmm. So in the under the uh, you could say Woodrow Wilson's administration, he had three major progressive constitutional amendments added to our constitution. So if you hear the term progressivism, it's a belief in this progress, and it comes in many forms, shapes, um, ideologies, and now it's in theology in itself. Okay. Well, it's been in there for a while. Well, it's very been, manufactured. Very many. Not a conspiracy theory. This has been the plan for a long time. Right. And <laughs> if you look at it, though, it's infiltrated the Christian church sort of like a faucet with a slow drip. Hmm. And you don't recognize like a visual. it. Like mm-hmm. a visual. It is. Because it's a slow drip and you don't address it in the beginning. And then before you know it, it has infiltrated the church to a point where now the entire scripture, how scripture is um, talked about, is watered down, very watered down to the point where, you know, going to church back in our day is much different than <laughs> back in our day when we <laughs> rode a horse and buggy. <laughs> when we rode a horse, horse and buggy. 
but and and this is in all churches and now i don't want to say all churches but many churches don't want to address certain issues they're afraid they're afraid, they're afraid of the backlash they're afraid the backlash. Of, of, of offending someone we, we remember we are in a culture of an epidemic of being offended by every little thing that is true that is true everybody gets offended and nobody really wants to hear the, the truth they just want to hear what makes what, them feel good what makes their no what not only makes them feel good but confirms their own truth Right. Okay. Right. So well, when you think about progressive, though, mm -hmm. is, you know, progressive has always been thought of as, well, let's be progressive. Let's be ingenuitive. Let's be, I don't even know if that's a word. Let's be, um, you know, when you, when you think of even back in like when they were going to the moon, that's a whole other topic that Ern and I argue over all the time, but that's part of, you know, being progressive right. in you're moving forward. You're moving forward in technology. You're moving forward in science. You're moving right. forward in discoveries. But, but the last couple of years have been very eye-opening. Correct. So if you think about it, the progressive Christianity really started dripping in the late 1990s. Mm -hmm. when tell me why. Tell me why. Church decline. Okay. And into the 2000s. So if you think about churches today. Um, they're more of a theatric with their worship, mm. with th what is being taught. So if you think now, see that that right there, though, stop you for one second because okay. you look at you look at well, and, and actually, I can even think back to the late 1980s, early 1990s when I was little, and I would go to my grandma's house, and they would always have Schuler on the oh, TV. Yeah. From the Crystal Cathedral. Right. And like it was the our, televangelist, right. the our movement, power. the all, you know, it, and it was, again, not to say that all of them were bad. Who knows people's real intentions? Right. We don't know their hearts. Only God does. Mm -hmm. But um, that to me, that was when a lot of this started oh, yeah. on TV. Well, it's, it's, it's all part of what they call the prosperity gospel. And the idea was, is that you would be blessed more by giving more to the church. Now in the scripture, it clearly states that we are supposed to tithe 10% of our earnings. Okay. Now you could do that in one big sum check, hypothetically. I think there's other ways to do or, that too, or, or if, if somebody absolutely has no money, it's service. Right. Acts of service. Okay. But in the 1990s and in the 2000s, churches began to change. Mm. And here's the reason being is because declining attendance, they realized that they need to uh, attract new people. And by doing that, they use theatrics. So mm -hmm. in the case of churches, strobe lights. Okay. We saw this at the church that we used to attend with oh your parents. Oh boy. That was a mega church. Okay. Well, no, no, it really wasn't. A it church. wasn't, but they use a lot of theatrics. Yes. And I remember sitting there because I grew up in one church where we didn't have strobe lights. Where, didn't get, you go to like a Pentecostal? Well, no, I first went to, I went to a Calvin chapel uh -huh. and back then this is still late seventies there. Th those pastor, that pastor was part of the hippie movement, mm -hmm. the Jesus revolution. Okay. That got Calvary, saved. Calvary chapel, chapel though did a lot to reach 
people and actually the roots of calvary chapel reaching the surfer population reaching the the homeless reaching the 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 ones who were discarded by society and saying you are loved by jesus too they were discarded by society because most of them were searching for other spiritualities so in the case of our pastor jeff johnson he was catholic and then during the vietnam era because my dad went to high school with them and uh, his sister, I, there's a lot of relation between all that. But belong, sounds belong, like the South. Just no. <laughs> uh, I, the, but the thing about it was, is that he was a full-on hippie Hindu Buddhist, you know, dropout, tune out, smoke pot, LSD, all that stuff in the late '60s. And then finally, under Chuck Smith, he became. He was, you know, he was part. of of that Jesus revolution. So, so on this topic though, of, of progressive Christianity, here's right. what we're going to lay out for you guys today is just some points for you to think about, right? Um, we're not saying we're the biblical experts no. here, but the point being too, though, is that we don't have to be biblical experts to read what's in the Bible to and to understand what's in the right. Bible and what, what God is speaking to us. And it's the recognition of, is that being twisted from the pulpit right. is that being twisted mm-hmm. in a way that is trying to fit in to the cultural norm when really you look at you look at the bible and it's a square peg they're trying to fit it into a round hole right and, and well in the case well when we moved here now at our present location we went to this one church and it would turned out to be a mega church and you don't really i guess fully recognize until you you step outside and look at the bigger picture of how i mean you have men that are my age wearing skinny jeans which to me nothing wrong with that to me he always likes to go against the modern it's like just because someone wears skinny jeans doesn't mean that they're progressive christianity yes yes they are (laughs) oh stop it anyways go ahead i read i read his i read the pastor's book and in that it was eye telling because ultimately he didn't address the sin in the room. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he came out of rather, well, let's love, let's evaluate. And I'm thinking, well, you're in a position of leadership and influence. And what you lead, how you lead the flock and where you lead the flock to, ultimately, you're going to be responsible before the man upstairs for leading them down a path that may or has questioned their own um, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, you know, part of this uh, progressive Christianity conversation is also this new movement that I've been right. hearing more about, which is deconstructing my faith. Have you been heard? Have you heard yes. about this? So this kind of goes hand in hand of of what we have to be careful of is. Are we letting it infiltrate us in a subconscious way? Because remember, that that happens a lot in society. Think about all the ways that that children are groomed, whether or not the media wants to admit it, the grooming of children that happens, these subtle messages that you get on TV and through the movies, the big pharma commercials that are subtly getting into your 
your mind to where the next time you go to your doctor's office, you just go, okay, yeah, just I'll take that thing that I saw on the TV, you know? So this subtleness, right? Right. Which if you look at it in relation to this topic and this new movement of I'm deconstructing my faith, there's nothing wrong with questions. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with researching and looking deeper. Right. But this is kind of like the abortion conversation. Oh, it, there it, is truth and there is fiction. Right. There are there are lies and then there is biblical truth in what God says. Well, if you look at really the root of progressive Christianity, it's marked by a willingness to redefine, re-examine, and ultimately reject core historical doctrines of the Christian faith. Okay, including the the denial of the original sin. And the original sin being we're all sinners. We're all sinners. The minute you are born, you are a sinner, okay? And it's not until you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior that you are then forgiven of your sins. Now, that, that which also doesn't mean you don't ever sin again. Right. I, <laughs> sin, is... all, I sin all the time. I mean, for me, I look at my <laughs> wife through the window. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> He's sinning every day. It's I'm not a sin, though. We're married. We're married. Well, um, okay, so this is good because we need to understand the the definition of progressive christianity is is truly the root of rejecting the core doctrine correct it, it's it's taking something from the bible and cherry picking we see cherry picking happening all the time mm -hmm. in churches think about think about even back in the last couple of years with this so-called pandemic which scandemic. is a scandemic um and how many churches, churches just willingly followed along with something completely, completely horrific that the government was doing. And they just did it. Right. And they, I mean, they, they laid down. They, but what they did though, was they cherry picked and twisted Romans 13. Mm. So we, you, that's a right. perfect example. The, well, exactly. And if you think about it, you know, it wasn't until John MacArthur of the church in Los Angeles said enough is enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand closing your church in the very beginning. Okay. Okay, Sure. I understand the, two weeks. People think there's going to be bodies rolling right. down the street. There wasn't. Okay. Open okay. your church back up. Open your church. But we were attending one church and the pastor did not want to open his church and he found an easy way. Oh yes. The easy way out. The, the cowardly way, way out. Of, the cowardly way out. Protect the old people. And, and thus we said, forget it. We ended up going to this new church from, uh, one of our good friends. No mask, nothing like, but here was the difference. Immediately you could tell the difference in what was being taught from the pulpit. Oh yeah. And, and, and if you guys ever need to wonder, and we're going to go through uh, five points here really quick for you, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter freedom cast. Cause just gonna, just gonna get right into it. Um, is again, we don't necessarily have to be a, a biblical scholar no. to be able to sit there as a a member of a church or a, you know a, an attendee of a church to really use our common sense and our critical thinking skills mm -hmm. to go, oh, like that pastor is actually speaking truth because they're willing to say the things mm -hmm. that other people are not willing to say. Like that right there is your litmus test. Right. If you go to a church where it's watered down and the pastor never wants to speak boldly about abortion or the pastor never wants to speak boldly about, um, 
gender identity and all of this mm-hmm. stuff, right? That's kind of your litmus test. Well, that, that, that's sort of like an eye-opening thing. Because if you think about it, progressive Christianity also aligns with the, cor- the current cultural norms. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, think about everything that's happening right now, especially, right. I mean, we'll just pick two topics, abortion right. and gender confusion. Right. Oh, well, Trans, they, the transgender movement. Right. And if you think about where we go, our, our pastor has already defined where his church stands on abortion, on gender issues. Mm-hmm. There is no sugarcoating around it. And I think if, if you're going to a church that doesn't address these topics, ask yourself, one of the questions is why? Why are you not addressing this? You know, is your church you know, is it more about feeling good? Is it, you know, the mm, typical Joel, good one. The yeah. Joel Olstein? Oh boy, Joel Olstein, go for okay. it. Okay, and his wife <laughs> that cusses out, you know, a flight attendant well, on a flight. Well, you know, we're all human and we sin, but, well, but, but see, <laughs> I know, I know. We, matter of fact, there's a mega church up in Woodland Park that's all part of that. It's called Church Bible College, and it is part of that, you know, prosperity gospel. Well, and here's the thing, though, before... And and the the beautiful thing about Aaron and I is we can debate back and forth because I'll tell you we don't see everything eye to eye. Oh, no. We we I think it's important obviously that some of the core topics you know you're equally yoked in your marriage for sure. But you know we we like to debate. We like a healthy debate. And at the end well, of the day, we, well, this, we... this one's gonna be very healthy. Because, because... <laughs> but but no no. But here's what I want to say. What is there does need to be, and I think that people would agree that there needs to be a way to capture people right. who may have not heard of the gospel Correct. and to agree. create a space of comfort and to create a space where they don't feel rejected because the other side of that is right. what we have seen and what I have personally experienced is in it? church is the rejection right. and the judgment, right. which unfortunately does happen in the, the Christian church. It oh, yeah. does happen. Oh, yeah. So while there needs to be that net to capture people, the key is sound biblical doctrine. Right. No, and I agree. But, and so, you know, going back to the original, if you look at the progress of the church, you know, going into the 2000s, that's where you have Hillsong. Mm-hmm. Well, Hillsong is under investigation right now because uh, the lead guy got a little hanky panky with somebody else. Um, uh, once again, we're all sinners. I'm not justifying that. I'm just he, he pulled a Jimmy Swagger. <laughs> Woo, Jimmy Swagger. Good old Southern Baptist. Oh, remember that I on TV? Sin. Well, he definitely sin. He picked a hot lady to sin with. He did. He did. He did. He did. Okay, all right. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, but if you think about it, so going to your point, yes, I agree. So churches have evolved, mm-hmm. okay, to capture new people. But here's the thing. In evolving, the message should not change. Sure. Okay. And in a lot of churches, especially ones that are non-denominational, that's the key, non-denominational, they tend to be more progressive in their theology. Uh, what, well, what, no, not necessarily with the Lutherans and the Episcopalians. That's, okay. So in the case of the Lutherans, there's two, there's two Lutherans. Oh, educate us. Okay. There's the Missouri Synod. For all you Lutherans out there, which aligns more with the Catholic Church, and then you have the Eastern Lutherans that align more with the um, the Anglican and the Episcopal 
Okay, where, for example, in Lutherans, they allow, and Eastern Lutherans, they allow females to be reverends, pastors, mm -hmm. etc. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the Missouri Synod says, ah, sorry, we're not going to do that. Mm. Okay, so clearly there's a shift right there in biblical doctrine. Okay. Well, I just, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I tend to be, and this may not be where you and I agree. I don't know, but, um, I tend to be, it's about biblical faith right. and biblical and scripture, not the, uh, faction of Christianity that you identify with, right? There's so, there are so many, which on one side, we understand historically how they've all come about and evolved. Right. There's all there's there's a story to each one of those. Um, right. What would you call it? Ministries. <laughs> Ministries. Um, but on the other side, that can be very detrimental because it's very dogmatic. Right, and I can understand that. But okay, so for example, you would probably be fine with a female pastor. Not necessarily, actually. Oh, you wouldn't. Not necessarily. Okay, cut me off. <laughs> to me, I would. I would find that very contradiction to the Bible. Oh, you're going to have a lot of hate for that one. <laughs> okay, if you're going to throw hate at me, then show me okay. in the good book. Okay, let's talk Let's okay. talk through some of these. Okay, so first of all, uh, Christianity, again, or what you're looking for in progressive Christianity is how it is imitating current culture. Right. And now that can, uh, what we're looking at right now specifically, meaning what is occurring and coming to the surface in culture right now. Right. And that's some of the things that we've already discussed and talked mm -hmm. about. So it's an imitation of that. And, and number one, uphold biblical authority. So why don't you talk through that? So in an upholding biblical authority, you have to look at what progressives view scriptures, not as perfectly and divine inspired but as a primarily human book that contradicts, that has contradictions, errors, and inconsistent theology. So this is basically saying, listen, bottom line, guys, progressive Christianity is basically saying what God said in the Bible and what was written in the Bible can be cherry-picked and changed, and it's not accurate, and it's not all true. That's basically what that's saying. Right. So then you're basically saying this Bible that is sound doctrine, black and white, Mm-hmm. Like me. It's it's false. It's it can be changed. It can be changed. <laughs> it, it can, can be, be interpreted. It, it can stuff can be added, stuff that can be subtracted. And if you think about it, is that you know, progressives within this, you know, within Christianity, they look to a personal consciousness as the highest authority of truth. So if you find it instead of looking at or to, let's take a, an issue of truth so let's go back to the let's say abortion you and i agree abortion is murder but for christian progressive christians they look at it and it's like well they didn't murder a, a baby in the womb per se they didn't have quote abortions back then so it it must be fine now they or justify. They justify. Or rationalize. It's or, actually rationalization. Right. So that's their personal truth, okay? Also, you know, if you think about it. Well, there's there, and there could be, you know, when you're looking at this, um, you know, looking at, uh, look, I'll call it the looking inward, 
right? Right. The, the movement of looking inward. Now, here's how I would frame this up for my own personal okay. belief, because I think this can also be misinterpreted, misconstrued. Um, right. I get a lot of judgment thrown at me towards, uh, like, you know, towards me on social media, whenever I talk about some of these topics, like trust your intuition, trust your gut. So here's, here's, here's how I would decipher that is God gave us discernment built inside of us. That, that is what God gave us that gift as human beings that we have above all else and no animals have that. <laughs> Meaning like we, we are the highest in the food chain, right? Like we are unique unto ourselves because then that goes in that whole conversation of like evolution, right? <laughs> um, God gave us a gift of discernment and common sense and critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about trusting and listening to your intuition, it's that I fully believe God gave us this skill set, this ability to be able to decipher fact from fiction. Okay. And I look at this in terms of even the typical mother the story that happens all the time, the things that I talk about all the time with people and that mom sitting in that pediatrician's office and wrestling and wrangling with, I don't feel right about giving my child all these vaccines. Right. Something feels off. I feel sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. I want to walk out, but yet I, I, I don't think I have the courage to walk out. Like this is the example of God right. gave us that gift of discernment, but there's a difference between that and outsourcing to a new age movement. Oh, 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 and, so and, that's just where I want to decipher that because this is where the judgment comes oftentimes mm -hmm. from the dog bun Christianity and from the, the, I don't want to call them the Karens, but the church ladies, we'll call it the church ladies, um, who... You know, if you just sit and talk to people and you understand where they're coming from, I think that would take care of a lot of things. Right. I think, you know, for Christians, strong Christians or Christians that are rooted biblically in the Bible, they might not like the, the, your, your phrase, your, follow your intuitions. They may rather say, I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, but you brought up the case of new age and new age movement has also infiltrated the church. Okay. Sure. But here, and I'm going to push you on this. Okay. And I'm going <laughs> to, I might push you back. I'm going to push you on this, which is again, you know me better than anybody. Yes. We've been married for a very long time. And I'm still right? learning more about you. <laughs> You're still learning more about me. We, Hey, we've all evolved in the last two years. Um, <laughs> some not for the better. No. Um, but I'm going to push you on this though, because again, I am strong enough in my, I'm, I'm literally so distracted right now by this spider on the wall that you are going to kill well, I'm and, wondering and why smash I that sucker when we're done with this I can't freedom kill pass. because I'm a pacifist. <laughs> no, you're not. You I'm a Quaker. <laughs> you would shoot a deer out there. You would. Um, For me, yes. I'm very distracted by a spider, guys. If there's one thing I don't like, this is a little tidbit on Jody, it's spiders. Freak out. I will take a snake over a spider. Okay. Anyways, so, but I, I just want to say very briefly though, um, I enjoy doing yoga as exercise. Really? I enjoy sitting and having a quiet moment of what I would call meditation, where I am listening to see what God 
has to share with me or wants to tell me. Depending on on somebody's belief system Mm -hmm. and how they're looking at that through their individual lens, they're going to come at me and go, yoga is of the devil. Well, did you talk to me and do you know me personally to understand how rooted I am in my faith? So again, I'm only bringing this up as this gets messy. Oh, it does. The thing is, is this topic gets messy and we have to admit that it gets messy. But what's black and white is what's written in the Bible right. in terms of salvation and truth. Right. You want to talk. Go ahead. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you brought in, uh, you know, I brought up the, the thing of new age is it goes back to, you know, taking the Bible, watering it down. This only applies to me because it fills me up. This doesn't apply. Okay. Um, I also like pretty rocks called crystals. <laughs> don't even get me started. On okay. That. Let's move on to the next no, point. But, no, let's no, move on no, to the next no, point. No, hang on. And the fact is, is you know. Because they're pretty. You know, people like, well, God I made crystals. You know, people sometimes say, well, I use angel cards. Well, you get me on that. Even the lady that came up with the angel cards, Doreen oh, Virtue. Anyways. She actually walked away from those. Yeah. Well, and, and now as a Christian, she is a born and grown Christian. She has come out on social media telling people, A, don't use angel cards. Yes, I understand what she says. But there's also there's also a way to deliver that message, I think, in a more appropriate way. So well, that's just where I'll disagree with you. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, moving on to moving point number on. two. All right. Um, so this one really just like, in terms of the two topics we've already brought up, right? So sanctity of life. Right. Abortion. And then we'll just use the uh, gender confusion movement as okay. an example, right? Mm-hmm. Now, again, culture... Culture is going to come, all culture has is to come at somebody emotionally. Right. All culture has is to come back and say, well, you're a bigot. You hate people who, you know, are transgender or who think they're trapped in the wrong body. Listen, we live in a messy world. We live in a messy, messy world. There is no doubt that there are families all over, all different types of families who are dealing with this currently or dealing even with depression and emotional challenges in their children. And then you add on the last two years, the last two years and the destructiveness of what that has done to children. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even begun to see the fallout. So this, this is where, um, where is your pastor or your church standing for, let's just even say the sanctity of life. Well, I think, if you look at the church, they don't necessarily want to address the topic of abortion for a couple of reasons. Number one, they don't want to offend, bring up past trauma that maybe a person who had an abortion is now attending the church. They don't want them to feel isolated and degraded. Which I understand. Number two, because abortion is politically motivated, pastors don't want to address that because they don't want to lose their tax-exempt status. Oh, I talked about this in a post, too, on social on, media not too long ago. On, on the Johnson Act. It's, it's a, it, it's, it, and, and, if you look at even the 5013C, like, mm-hmm. churches think this is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And all it was was more government control on you. And that's how the government is using it, by threats. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but you know, when you're a 501c3, you have freedoms to do things that other companies, organizations. Sure. But then the government comes and threatens you right. that if you don't shut down, if you like, just again, the last right. two years is a great but, example. But here's the thing though it's so politically because in churches that are quote Christian, that lean to the left, that are per, very progressive, they the government has no problem allowing them to be political totally. behind the pulpit. But then you look at Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino mm-hmm. Hills. Oh, yeah. He's very politically outspoken. To the right. To the right. And the threats and oh, yeah. all of that towards him and his church. Right. And- so, so at the end of the day, you know, as an example for this abortion conversation, I'll just think of our pastor and, he- and how he spoke about it on Mother's Day last Sunday. And he laid it out in a way that was very compassionate. Mm-hmm but truthful, right? saying, yes, this does exist. There are people in this congregation who have had an abortion right? or who are facing that difficult choice right mm-hmm. now, but it's still murder. Right, it and is you murder. you have other choices. Exactly. Uh, third point, progressive Christians criticize with, um, opponents with being labeled as bigots, uh, hateful or intolerant. So you you titled point number three as get a backbone. So get a backbone. <laughs> so here's the thing. We all have different opinions. Okay? Opinions are not fact. Okay? Just like my wife and I have differences of opinions. Now, I will say <laughs> mine is more strongly based <laughs> than my wife's. Mr. Black and White. Yes, I am black and white. But here's the thing about it is don't cave in when somebody's telling you, well, you're a bigot. When they just call you a name. Build your armor. Get a freaking backbone. Listen, just, you know, at the end of the day, they ain't the ones judging you at the pearly gates. No. (laughs) Okay. And and that's the thing about it is I, 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 I hate the term tolerance because it goes back to my days at chapman when i had to take a human diversity class and you were also the big football player with the shaved head that probably looked like a neo-called neo-nazi white yes. supremacist and dr <laughs> and dr karen Beasley. even though you were the furthest thing from that no i was frank the tank um <laughs> you were frank the tank I, <laughs> but you, you were but here's the thing dr karen Beasley young would always call me out and I would have, it was almost like this indoctrination. And I knew real quick what she was doing. So I played the game in order to get the high grade. Sure. I because, did that in philosophy. Because, you know. While I'm sitting there, there reading my Rush Limbaugh book. Because there's <laughs> clearly things that I disagreed with her and what was being taught in the class. Because, A, it went against the, my moral and ethical um, beliefs. Okay. Right. And my moral and ethical beliefs tied to what I believe in the Bible. So, so at the end of the day, you have to look out for, and this is not just in progressive Christianity, but obviously this is the topic we're talking about today, because this is, you know, we want you to be very aware, whatever church that you're attending right now, or maybe you're not attending a church, but what to look for in terms of how are they attacking people 
at right. the end of the day, because really it is an attack. It it's is. an attack by creative language, by calling somebody a name, by... It, it, it's, uh, it's ultimately, going back to the scenario of my class in college, was this. They're trying to win you over to their team. Mm. And I'm like, that ain't going to happen. Okay, because A, half the, more than 90% of the things I'm reiterating in class is just to impress you. I don't care about it. Right. I, I totally disagree. Point number four, live, live your truth. truth. Live okay. the truth. Progressive Christianity is marked by a what's true for you is true for you attitude. Mm. And, and So it's like, all right, if that's your truth, you, you, you go for it, darling. If that's your truth, you live your truth. Well, is that being said in, in, the, in the pulpits today? And the answer is in some churches, yes. It's that feel good. You leave church inspired. But at I, the end of the day, is it actually teaching you biblical, biblical truth? No, because what the pastor does is instead of going through the Bible verse by verse, line by line, word by word, they cherry pick. And it's going back to the mega church that we used to attend. Okay. Mm. And looking back, the pastor never addressed issues. It was how can I make you feel better okay right yes i think you should leave you shouldn't leave church in a somber mood trust me no but at the same time you should leave church equipped to address issues that are facing actually i think that's that you kind of hit the nail on the head right there which is is it equipping you to speak truth yourself right or are you walking out just feeling good, and yet when you come across a situation or a conversation, you're not even equipped you're not. to know the truth. Right. Okay. And that's where you begin to compromise, or that's when you don't want to say something because you don't want to offend somebody. And it's okay mm-hmm. to offend somebody in a healthy, positive way. In a respectful way. In a respectful way. And at the end of the day, if you're if we are doing that in a positive, respectful way, the backlash from that other person, and by the way, this can be in your guys' families too, because right. most of the time, the first experience for people is either close friends or family members because they're not necessarily out on social media with like 200,000 followers, putting stuff out there and getting a bunch of trolls and hate back. That's not the majority of people. The majority of people, it's in your circles Mm-hmm. that you are getting this back from. Correct. So are you equipped? Right, well, that's And it, if it, you're coming, well, but if you're, again, if you're approaching, let's say I'm approaching a family member who is 100% doing a sinful act, right. am I not going to approach them in love and truth? Because that is actually what the Bible commands. And, and it even says, bring somebody with you. Right. Right. Or am I going to ignore that because I'm afraid of offending them? Right. No, I, I agree. But I think if you look at the progressive church today, A, they don't want to offend. They want you to feel good. The warm fuzzies, as they used to call it. Okay. But also you would think about it is find your, um, oh, what was it? Find your authentic self. This is where I tell you, your identity is in Christ. Your mm-hmm. identity all right, is in him. It's not in how, how, what you wear, 
what you practice outside of the church, okay, it doesn't, it's not how many inspirational posters you can put on the wall, okay, find your authentic self. No, your identity is well, we're in made in the image of Christ. Right. And although he has made us each unique and individual oh, yeah. unto ourselves, we are still made in the image of Christ. Correct. Yeah. But, okay, so think about that. Uh, again, look at your church. Is it is it a bunch of inspirational signs around the church? Uh, find your strength and find this and all that. If you want to find strength, open the book and read it. The good book. The good book. All right, next point, number okay, five. Number Pro- five. Point, proclaim the gospel. So progressive Pro- Christian... Progressive Christianity prides itself on being inclusive. Well, I, that's another we are word. I, <laughs> tolerant and inclusive. Your two favorite words, honey. Um, and coupled its rejection of uh, absolute, absolute truth, truth uh, the message of theological progressives will ebb and flow with cultural norms. So this is the, really the undertone of what we right. talked about this entire podcast is um, there is the, the world, I'll just put it this way, the media, the world, culture, progressive Christianity, it just all of it wants you to believe that if you love somebody, if you proclaim to love people and be a good human, then you must be tolerant and acceptance, accepting of everything. There is a distinct difference between being loving Right. And loving your fellow man, even well, if they are not a believer, which we are commanded to and, love uh, our fellow man, right. and saying, no, what you're doing is wrong. Right. And that's, again, it, going back to the, you know, love thy neighbor. Okay, love thy neighbor is in many forms. Number one, it's the actual physical love for the person in a respectful way that you respect that person. Another form of love is showing acts of service, okay? Buying food for the, for the, you know, giving food to the poor. And you're doing this out of a pure heart and pure attention, okay? Um, but if you think about being inclusive, again, inclusive and tolerance should not, in my opinion, that doesn't mean it's fact, should not be indoctrinated into the church. Okay. Well, and and I'm going to bring up another point too, which is the word judgment. Um, This I think also gets amplified by culture to make us look bad and feel bad when we are calling out uh, falsehoods, Mm -hmm. when we are calling out sin in the world. um, Is that, well, you're judgmental. Well, you're just being judgmental. So there's a difference. Being judgmental is, yeah, as a believer, because we're all sinners, right? right? Like I sin every day too. Everybody sins. Let's just. Oh, you do? Well, there's some little white lies that might be okay. But <laughs> anyways, um, but if I sit here and I harbor judgment yes. towards my neighbor for their personal choices they've mm-hmm. made. And from that place of judgment, I gossip about them. Right. I treat them wrong. Correct. I call them names. Mm-hmm. I do hurtful acts to them. That is wrong. That's wrong. That is judgment. Okay. Okay. But what the world wants you to believe is judgment is me just not being tolerant of you. That now all of a sudden I'm, I'm judging. 
right. when that is not true. No, it's not. Because I cannot like what you choose. Right. And I could still love you as a human right. being. No, I agree. But I think the thing about it is, is you, when you come from a place of judging somebody, you're doing it out of love. Okay. And to provide them a, opportunities to make changes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's all the approach, it, right? And, and, all- and this is where, again, culture itself, believers, non-believers, this has absolutely infiltrated right. the church because you have, you have human beings. Just because somebody's a believer does not mean they are perfect. No. There is no pastor that is perfect. No. There is no Christian on earth that is perfect. And right. The thing too, I believe that is really important as we enter into maybe a worship space or or going to a church and looking to see where we fit in and where we belong and what we what we're searching for, right? Which mm-hmm. at the end of the day is hopefully just straight biblical truth. Right. Is to understand we should never even put our pastor on a pedestal. Oh no. A pastor is a leader of their flock. A leader is not somebody you worship. No. And you never should worship. A leader. I mean, whether it be a president, yeah, a governor, whatever it might be. But I think most important is this: you know, as you're in church, is what is being fed to you? Is it making you grow biblically? Does it provide a strong foundation for your faith, or is it watered down, cherry picking? Make you feel warm, fuzzy, good. Okay. But at the end of the day, you're not actually growing. You're not growing. In your faith. No. You're not growing in understanding doctrine right. and scripture you, and context and, and and being equipped. Just basically being, being equipped. Being equipped because here's the thing. You, in being equipped, that provides you opportunity to then, A, stand firm in your faith. B, be able to evangelize effectively because people on the outside are going to say, you know, and they don't do this to other religions or other faiths or other religious practices. It's always Christianity, but they're going to come at you with various topics. Well, you know, give you an example. Well, what does the Bible state on, on alcohol to the far extreme, right? They're going to be alcohol is wrong. Well, how do you, say that when the first miracle of Jesus was water the wine. And there's references to wine, to beer, throughout the, the, the Bible, both Old and New Testament, okay? Some will say, you know, it's fine. Yeah, if you're Lutheran, give me an example, they use, Lutherans and Catholics use actual wine when they take communion. Um, well, and again, you know, this, this could be a whole other topic of oh. free will, right? Like just right. how God has given us free will, which is a part of the fallen world, right? When well, sin entered the world, we had free will. Well, yeah. Well, leave it to, you know, to Eve to take. Stop. You always say that. <laughs> well. Okay. Let's wrap this up. All right. So what, what are some, uh, what are some takeaways? Because, you know, here we, we want to make sure we're always giving you things to think about giving you correct, accurate information to ponder and, uh, you know, just, just stuff that you can take away and really apply to your life. Well, if let's say I wasn't, let's say I was new in the church. 
Okay. For, you know, let's say I was, uh, you know, raising Cain and now I finally come and been born again. Okay. I would look at maybe 10 current issues, politically, economically, socially, just write them out. Then from the church, how does the church align with the Bible and politically? Church align with the Bible, economically, socially, etc. If the church does not align itself with the Bible and those various topics, then you know you're probably not in the best church. When you say align, you mean they're speaking truth speaking, about it. They're it's not scriptural based. Yes, they're not dancing okay. around the issue. They're not. They're, they're not right. Cherry picking. They're not cherry picking. Yeah, but now as a new believer, many of them don't know right much about the scripture. So then, then part of knowing the scripture is actually reading it. Okay, and actually just like you so know, maybe go through the Bible in the you know that's like the. 365. Right. You can go through the Bible. Bible. I would say then also as you're um, growing in your faith, align yourself with people that are of the same faith and through observation, asking questions, asking questions. That's when you can start learning more and saying, okay, what this pastor is teaching is sound doctrine or what this pastor is teaching is what I will call woke. Yes. Yes. You know, and you know, at the end of the day, it's a, there is a, a growth process here, right? right. No, nobody, even when, you know, I was saved when I was little, um, I'm still growing. Mm-hmm. I'm still growing because that's what we're meant to do is continually grow towards Christ um, while we're here on earth and we're going to mess up and we're going to sin. Right. But that, that beauty and that gift and that um, peace that we have in knowing we are saved mm-hmm. our sins are always wiped clean doesn't mean it's a green light to go and just purposely you Sin. know do things right that's that growth process right. but just that comfort in that feeling of i know where i'm going when i die mm-hmm. and i can't wait to get there <laughs> you know kind of mm-hmm. thing so all right yeah. guys thanks for joining us today um really really good conversation to open up and would love to hear your thoughts so feel free to you know come find me over on social media or you can always uh, email jody at jodymestruck.com you can also find me at the warriorcenter.com and thanks again for joining us today have a great day hey guys thanks for joining the episode today as a reminder you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com you can also grab my book autism reimagined on amazon available both audible ebook spanish english and you can also head to the right to rule.com for some freedom gear remember this my friends you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power, not the government. See you next time.